Welcome to the Swim Coach in Transit podcast. I am your host, Lucas Ferreira. In this episode, I sat down with Tony Carroll, who's a senior and developmental coach for the Lakeside Swim Team, a perennial USA Swimming Gold Medal Club located in Louisville, Kentucky. Tony has been named to the U.S. National Junior Team Coaches List twice, and he has also served in multiple LSC select camps. Prior to his stint in Louisville, Tony worked as an age group coach in a couple other LSCs and also did some work for Swim Swam, and he does expand on that during the interview. Tony is still somewhat new into the profession of coaching, but don't let the shortage of ears on deck fool you. As you can tell by his resume, he's already been involved in some of the highest levels of swimming, and as you're about to hear, he's got a nearly unmatched passion for the sport and for helping kids through their path. This interview even got emotional at times, and I'm glad Tony was open enough to share without many filters. I really think interviews like this are important, and so I'm happy to put this one out there. So, here's another episode of the Swim Coaching Transit podcast with Tony Carroll. All right, Tony, thanks for taking the time. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. So we're going to go ahead and get started. And the first thing I do is usually just let you uh, talk about your path in swimming, both as an athlete and as a coach and all the way up to here. And you can do that as uh, detailed or as succinct as you like. So just go ahead and okay. go a little bit on how well, you got here. I grew up in South Bend, Indiana and started swimming up there. I started when I was 10. Uh, my dad swam in college and I coached a little bit. And so he kind of got us into it, but it was a pretty laid back approach. So um, as an age group swimmer, I hated swimming. I really didn't enjoy it, which is a little bit weird, um, seeing where I am now, but I mean, I swam three days a week, you know, for an hour up until I was 14. Um, Indiana high school swimming is a little bit different where it's kind of exclusive. You know, you only swim in the high school team. You can't do anything with the club. So I loved the high school swimming, but that's it. That was the high school swimming, you know, only that was my path. And, um, you know, when it came to college, I, I mean, I had some success. I was okay as a swimmer, but I really didn't, knowing what I know now, I really didn't train at the time. <laughs> I thought I did, um, but not nearly what most people are doing or what most people's experiences are. So, I mean, I was good enough where I was looking at a couple of D2 schools and then um, IEPUI in Indianapolis, you know, they gave me a scholarship offer or whatever, and I, and I didn't want to go. I wanted to go to, you know, Indiana or do one of the party schools and and be there. Um, and my dad's like, you got to do one year, you know, that I, he's like, I can't really explain it. College swimming is just different. It's not, not the same, you know, it's just something you got to experience. If you do one year and you hate it, then, you know, then we'll do something else. That's fine. But I think you owe it to yourself. Like you put this much time in do one year. So when I went there again, I walked in being like, all right, I'm going to get my year done and I'm going to be out of here. Um, and I ended up loving it. So a brand new coach came in, was hired that year named Matt boss. Um, who's actually starting a new, D2 school out in Minnesota this year, um, or probably next year. Um, but he was awesome and really, really clicked with him. And it was the first time that you know, a coach had really kind of taken the time to not just say, go do it because we're doing it, but you know, I'm going to explain a little bit more about that, you know, do this be and here's why, and here's how it'll benefit you. And, and basically that really resonated with me. So um, I was kind of into the stats and stuff already, even through the high school, I kind of tracked where we were in the state and who was ranked where and was kind of into that. And again, he kind of tied that all together. And that's really 
kind of what got me into swimming. And before I, I went from hating it to like really being a full on like swim nerd and loving it and, and kind of getting entirely wrapped up in it. So that was my experience at college swimming. And then being, you know, at IUPOI, we had world championship trials coming in. We had NCAAs. We had all, all that stuff that was happening all the time. And that was right around the time that Swim Swam has launched. Um, and so being around it, I happened to be in the right place at the right time and reached out to um, Braden and Mel a couple times on Twitter and ended up helping them out and work with them. Um, and so I did that for, I think, a little over three years. But I started just, you know, being at those meets and helping out and tweeting and doing that. Um, Mel always jokes that I, I broke their Twitter. Um, <laughs> I, tweet, I was live tweeting and tweeted too many times and whatever, the allotted time. And you, you can't go over a thousand tweets a day. And so I, I broke it. their Twitter during World Champ Trials and... Whatever, but that's how it kind of started. So as I finished swimming, um, you know, I started, I went full time with them and started doing that and was looking for, you know, another job, something else to do along with it. And, you know, in that I ended up down in Georgia at a team called Carrollton Bluefins. And I had coached a little bit, you know, through the summer as assistant coach at, you know, a team in the west side of Indianapolis, or excuse me, east side of Indianapolis, um, a little bit in my hometown. So I had done the summer league thing. Um, and wanted to add coaching in to supplement sometime. So I did that, moved to Georgia, um, was head group of a small team down there. And then, I don't know, five months in, I got a call from Mike DeBoer at Lakeside um, up in Louisville. At the time, he had just put two or three girls on the Junior Worlds team. You know, he's had a couple Olympians come through himself, um, you know, and they were third at the Club Excellence, like, team that year. So it was a really hard decision at the time, but I ended up, Again, five months into a job, the very beginning of a season was like September 1st, deciding like, all right, I'm going to make the move to Louisville and do that. And I've been, this is my fifth year um, in Louisville. But with that, I think, you know, went in originally for Swim Swam and doing the media side of stuff and just from working with the kids and getting involved in swimming and being more involved with the sport that I've drifted away from the Swim Swam and the media stuff. And I've stopped doing that. And now it's just been all in and coaching and, you know, enjoying that now. That's uh, that's pretty interesting. So the the original goal was kind of more towards writing than coaching, and then it kind of just shifted over time. Yeah. So well, you know, it just happened to be like it, it got me into all those meets, and I enjoyed doing it. My brother was a pretty good swimmer at the time. He was a couple years younger, so he was at nationals and doing that, and I wanted to go and be there to watch. And in the meantime, I enjoyed, you know, as a nerd, I really enjoyed the sport. I liked watching all the racing and getting into you know, the analysis of who's going to make the team and whatever. Like I enjoyed that side of it. So yeah, as I kept going, I was going to do swim slam and, and the plan was to go through trials. And then after I think 16 trials, I, you know, we were talking about going down to Texas and, and kind of living down there where they are and kind of doing more of kind of what Mel used to do with the video stuff and kind of getting in, involved in that side of stuff. And then once we got into coaching, that just really didn't work out. Um, I ended up enjoying coaching more they went in a different direction. Um, and it's actually, it's, I think it's worked out well for me personally. Um, and I, I really enjoy the coaching side of it more now um, than I did the writing and all that. Um, That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, you um, mentioned uh, growing up, didn't really like, didn't really put in the training and whatnot. And uh, and now you're at a program that uh, clearly kids are doing that. Do you have any, any way that that experience kind of like reconcile sometimes if a kid is not... Uh, if a kid is hesitant about about really buying in, do you have any way that that kind of your past experience reconcile that, or you kind of really uh, wish your experience as a swimmer actually had been a little different to a degree? 
I mean, I'm sure there's aspects of like, yeah, I wish it would be better, but at the end of the day, it doesn't really, you know, change anything. Yeah. Um, I, I think for me, I think no one, either I was too stubborn to listen at the time or I wasn't explained and I didn't, and I don't remember and I don't want to say anything bad about the coaches I did have, but either way, I don't remember hearing, you know, Hey, this, this is possible. Here's what the path looks like. You know, that if, if you follow these steps, this could be what happened. So again, maybe I was stubborn. Maybe I didn't hear it. I don't know. Um, but for me, again, like, I think I've, I've learned and I've seen it again. If you do these things, which are doable, you know, right. yes, it's hard work, yes, it's commitment. But if you do these things, this can be the result and you can do that. And again, it's just more so sitting down with the kid and showing them that, hey, there's a path here. It's been done before. There's a way to do it. You know, it's getting them to believe in that first and, you know, getting them to believe in the commitment side of stuff and, and buying in, you know, and then just following through that I'm going to help them, you know, get to wherever they want to go. But it's, it's just kind of showing them that, hey, there, there, there are other paths out there. There are options for you more so than just high school swimming or whatever it might be. And I don't remember having that as an athlete. So that's what I try to, yeah. again, show, show them to get them to buy in and get them to want more. Yeah, I mean, I asked that because that was a little bit my experience in swimming. Uh, I felt like if I had somebody show me the way and push me a little bit more, I probably would have enjoyed more. Mm-hmm. actually not last and that's what i tell my kids like yeah i'm i ask a lot out of you because i wish somebody had done it out of me right um and that's about that was my experience when i got to college i had that from that coach there you know that and i did enjoy it quite a bit more and, and you have the, the teammates around you and all that but i think that only helps that when everyone's bought in and you do have everyone doing the same thing around you that that only makes it better you right know, socially you know in terms of achieving your goals and so again that's what we're trying to recreate or at least in, from the way I approach it, that's what I'm trying to recreate here because, again, that was my experience as well. All right. Uh, you mentioned some names already. I mentioned mm-hmm. your, your college coach, Matt Boss, and you may, I'm obviously working with Mike. Mm-hmm. Do you have any other mentors you've had along the way? Any other names that uh, come to mind? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think my parents are huge. Um, you know, they're big influences on, again, my background and my approach. You know, my mom was always involved in the club swimming you know, side of stuff on the – dry side of things so I've learned a lot through her and you know about how teams run and the ins and outs and things that have worked and things that have not worked yeah. and then my dad he coached um for a little bit he swam for dot councilman at IU okay yeah so, I just uh, I, I was actually because uh sorry yeah. to interrupt but yeah. I, you mentioned that your dad was the one that told you you have to go and swim at least one year in college right. and I was actually curious about that so he had had that experience yeah so he he swam for dot councilman at IU um you know, won a couple of Big Ten races and, and whatever, gone to NCAAs and done all that. Um, and he, he was a pretty good swimmer. Um, but, you know, he, he enjoyed that experience. But it, it wasn't just getting the college or the scholarship. It was the experience of the team. And, you know, it's like I can't explain that. But to me, that that's the most fun aspect of swimming. That it's, you know, and again, he didn't know how to dictate that or explain that to me. But he's like, you have to go experience it. That you, is the most fun. You kind of have to see it before yourself. Yeah, yeah. So, um Basically, that, that's been a huge impact. And again, in the swimming, me and my dad majorly butt heads when he was my coach. So <laughs> it's a weird relationship, but I think I've learned quite a bit from them and just, you know, you know, their work ethic and the commitment to stuff. And, you know, that's been huge. And then there's a, another lady named Lynn Kashmerik who um, has been is almost like a second, second parent to me. And she's been really, really inspirational and, and helpful in terms of this. We've actually brought her in to come speak here and do all that. But she was on the U.S. water polo team for 12, I don't know, 12 or 13 years, captain of it for a large majority of that. Um, she's just done so much 
you know, within the youth sporting world from being an athlete herself to coaching. She's been a, you know, a college coach. I think she was the first female coach of a men's program for swimming and diving at Bucknell back in, I don't even know when, but you know, she's been super successful in what she's done. She's been a, you know, athletic director herself. She's gone on and done other, other nonprofit charities. And right now she's doing, um, kind of the, I don't know how to describe it the best way. And I'm going to butcher this, but basically the emotional intelligence in your coaching that, you know, okay, the, yeah. you know, that, and, and it's, so it's been really good. She came in with the kids and just helping them like the different personality styles and that, you know, some people I'm going to click with really well and some people you're going to butt heads with, but how do you work through that? And so she's kind of led some stuff with us and talked to our parents and, and done that. But she's been, I mean, huge, probably bigger than anyone else, um, just in terms of life and, and in really helpful in terms of coaching, but just coaching anything. It doesn't matter what sport, whatever that, you know, just connecting with the kids and making that connection happen. She's been awesome with that and very, very helpful at different points of, you know, me of being an athlete as a coach, you know, all the way through, she's been a constant. So I would definitely say my parents, Lynn Cash Merrick, absolutely. And then, you know, just different bosses I've had along the way. There's a guy named John Sincroft in Indianapolis. You know, he gave me my first job. Another guy named Mike Anderson, who was kind of, uh, he came in as I went to college, but, you know, he was the coach of the local swim team that I went to go back to in the summers. You know, he was great. I swam with uh, Notre Dame for a summer when I was home. And, you know, so Tim Welsh, I got to know him and, you know, learn, learn some from him, just swimming for him. But I think those people that I've just been around, I've picked up a little bit um, of everything. Same thing with Brian Barnes. He was there too. And I've got to know him a little bit from coaching club. And I think he's at Purdue now, but he was at Carmel for a little bit. I've learned from him. Um, but I think just the people that I've been around have, you know, I've taken a little bit from everyone. Yeah. And besides learning from other coaches, is there any other uh, specific places you've gone to for no more. Is there any books you like to mention or any other podcasts or any articles, any, any other places you really go? Yeah. I mean, I, th I think I'm constantly on, on, you know, swim, swim and swimming world and looking at all these sites and just constantly trying to see what else is out there. I really like, you know, I go to YouTube and just look at different, like the ghost swim stuff and like constantly trying to reevaluate, you know, my, am I teaching this the right way? Am I communicating it the right way? Um, I've gotten done some other clinics. We do, we've been to the ISCA clinic. We've been to the the Matt Credit's School of Thought at Tennessee. So we've, we've done a lot of different stuff like that and kind of, you know, tried to learn. I think I've resonated most with like the Bill Sweetenham, um, I think it's the, his championship swim training or something, whatever book that is. But that's been the one that I think has resonated with me the most in terms of, you know, planning a season and coaching and the different energy systems and writing sets. And I think that's been the one that I've either understood the best and been able to communicate to the kids I coach the most clearly. Um, But, you know, that, you know, the Urban Check stuff, um, I think it's the, I think it's Clive Rushton or Tom Rushton, I can't remember the guy's name from, he's a Canadian guy, um, uh, but he's done a lot, you know, with the, you know, the capacities and power and trying to balance all that and, you know, that constantly been reading stuff. I know Mike's, you know, been really helpful and he just knows everybody. So <laughs> he's like, oh, let me get you on the phone with so-and-so. And he's like, here, go ahead and ask him about how they play in the season. And this guy does it this way, this guy does it this way. And so... He'll put me on the spot and just, you know, his phone will start ringing and I'm like, oh, yeah. okay, here we go. And, um, you know, he's done that a few times. So it's been, um, those are the kind of the resources I've used around me. Is, is there any kind of like non-directly non swimming related uh, resource that you use that you think is actually pretty helpful for, for coaching um, overall? You kind of, I mean, you already mentioned like the emotional intelligence, yeah. intelligence kind of, put, but is there any other resource that's like not necessarily directly with swimming, but it does help with a... Yeah, I mean, there's a couple books that I've read. Um, 
I don't know if I can say it on your podcast, but it's like it's, the the subtle art of not giving <laughs> F, whatever. And it, as, as serious that is, it's you know. fine. You can you can say it. it's, it's right. the name of the book. Uh, is it, uh, but you know, like that one really resonated with me. I think again, just learning to like that. Yes, you know, be passionate about it. Really care if they do well or they don't. But you know, at the same time, like not let that stuff pile up. Um, one of the weird ones I've talked about before or whatever, and it's kind of strange. Um, but just paying attention to stuff outside of swimming is about one of those Fitbits, you know? Yeah. Uh, um, not for being in shape or the exercise portion of it, but just to track my sleep. And, you know, I've really noticed a major difference of how I am on deck, how quickly I am to get mad about stuff, you know? And, and you can see that, that all of a sudden I'm like, I'm getting mad about everything. And, you know, in my mind, maybe it's the kids, maybe it's not, but I'm averaging, you know, five hours of sleep or less that week. Um, you know, whereas again, when I'm having seven or eight hours of sleep, you know, that I'm not, yeah. I'm not mad. So I started looking at it, I'm like, all right, well, is this me? <laughs> is this, <laughs> is just... this, you know, is the kid, are the kids really like, you know, are they just off today? Are they, you know, excited or whatever and not paying attention and doing it right? Or is this just me? So the more I started watching it, I, I found out that my mood that I brought into practice, um, definitely affected the way that I coach and, you know, whether I was, again, able to be excited and, and more lighthearted and still, you know, driven, like, you know, we're going to do well, but to get them to enjoy that, or am I like getting frustrated and yelling and, and whatever. And, and that I, I noticed my sleep was huge on that. So I try to watch that a lot. Um, but it's just kind of trying to balance this stuff outside of the pool. So it, yes, it's serious and yes, I'm passionate, but it's not, it's not the end of the world. You know right, what I mean? That, yeah. again, there's other things that matter. So I've, I've kind of gotten more into that. And then as situations have come up, you know, that, you know, I had a girl who, who her little, lost her little sister, you know what I mean? And like that, all right, how do you help that kid? Right. You know, and, yeah. it, and it totally changed my perspective that yeah, it's, it is just swimming at the end of the day that you're trying to work with these kids or whatever. And that no one tells you when you get into coaching or teaching or anything like that, that you're going to walk in and that one day a kid's going to walk in and just break down emotionally because you know, yes, little, little sister. Like, how do, how do you as a coach deal with that? You know what I mean? And that's, I've looked up more, more stuff outside of swimming because it's the, the relational side of stuff that how do you, you know, working on different ways to connect with kids or support kids. And like, you know, that one I had to go home and I read a ton of articles and stuff. I'm just about like, you know, like almost like grief counseling, which you're not as a coach, but when you have this kid who's trying to come and escape from stuff and swimming and just breaks right. down, like no one tells you how to do that. It's you know a, I mean? it's hard and and obviously you, you care right. for the kid uh, right so. absolutely and so that that's been the stuff that I've gone to you know that outside of swimming is just like kind of like you said that it's it's being able to better connect with the kids and better relate to the kids and develop that trust and and that to me has been the most eye opening thing I never knew you know swimming was X's and O's to me when I came in and it's so much of it is not just giving them a workout or holding a stopwatch it's coaching and, and teaching is like it's in completely that relational side of stuff and that's been the biggest shift that i've you know learned over the last couple of years is is trying to manage that stuff better and that's where i've watched you know mike and some of my other you know Corey pierce is really good he's another guy that i work with here and he's so good with that like one-on-one -on -one personal thing where i don't feel that i'm as good in that area so i'm constantly trying to be better on that relational connect connection side of, of the sport um, and that's probably more so what I read, uh, how to manage that side of it better. Um, so it's kind of coaching, but kind of not, I guess. Yeah. yeah, it's two things you mentioned there that I think are, I, I remember it's pretty big when you start making. One is learning to identify when you're getting angry. It's kind of like, I, it's almost a superpower when you start getting to do it. It's like, oh, this is happening. Mm -hmm. uh, 
and, and but especially I think yeah there's a coaching being beyond uh, just sets and and what we're doing and repeats and whatnot and, and being right. far more about the interactions with the people you're, you're right absolutely you're helping. Do you have any favorite failure story along your path? And what I mean by that is mm-hmm. some some failure story that helped you learn a lesson or yeah. that set up a, a future success. Do you have any story that you'd uh, mm-hmm. like to share? Yeah, I mean, so, you know, I came in and I'm still a fairly young coach, but you know, when I started here, you know, the full-time thrown into a big and, and very successful club, you know, I was 22 years old. So walking in and being like, yeah, I know everything, but knowing really nothing, you know, like having to come in and kind of getting thrown into it. So, you know, two or three years in or whatever, I had a group that did really, really well. You know, I had a girl make nationals. Um, three or four more were at, you know, summer juniors. And I only coached, you know, one girl was 12, a couple were 13, I think one was 14. So I had this group that was very, very successful. And, you know, of course, my ego is like, yeah, I did that. You know, like that, you know, you get it, you get wrapped up in it. And again, that in, in retrospect, whatever, that it wasn't anything I did, like, that anything and maybe I helped explain that hey this is this is what the path is and th- they really bought into that but it was the group and them getting wrapped up in each other that there was this group of like nine of them that were so close and so bought in and everyone else saw that and everyone else kind of jumped on board because you had this super strong core of leadership from these nine granite young swimmers but yeah you know that they did kind of set the tone and the whole group kind of wrapped themselves up in that and and the group as a whole did great so in my mind, I'm like, all right, great. These kids did great. We're going to go that much harder next year and it's going to be even better. You know, so I cut out any of the time that we had of like, we're just going to talk on deck or whatever. We're going to, you know, I'm like, we're going to do more and more and more and more and more that if they did this and we were this good, if we do this much more, we're going to be, and that year was awful. Like it was super <laughs> stressful that I was like, I felt like at odds with the kids and it was like all about, like, oh, you know, well, I know that someone in this group has gone this fast before, so you can do it too. And it was like, it was just not the right approach it did not connect with the kids it was like i skipped all the steps that got them to buy in to make them want to be that successful and skip right to that well you you know other kids were this fast so you can too and that didn't resonate you know and it almost alienated those kids um so i think the kids were frustrated the season overall was not as successful i was frustrated um and i've had to really reevaluate but it's been good in in a way and it's fortunate for that those kids that season but i've learned quite a bit since then you know, about, all right, it's, it is more about how you get them to buy in. What's, you know, how can you be more committed to your goals? How can you be more committed to your teammates and, and encouraging that side of the stuff and really not even focusing on times? Yes, that's a piece of it. Yeah, we want to go fast. But at the end of the day, if you can buy into all this stuff, that the times are going to take care of itself. If you're at practice and, and, you know, getting to bed earlier and eating right, and that the times are going to come. Right. You know, so I've had to reevaluate quite a bit since that season. Um, you know, that it, again, it had nothing to do with me. You know, it, it wasn't that much. You know what I mean? So that's, there was a big kind of uh, kick in the butt there um, to my ego. But that's something you learn from. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully I think I'm better now because of that happening. Um, Remember yeah. that. Yeah, that, that's a pretty good one. Thank, thanks for sharing this story. Yeah, you're welcome. What, uh, what would you say was, I guess you can go with the best or maybe the top three that are, uh, what would be the best career decision you think you've made up to this point? Um, I mean, again, it's been a, you know, I've been coaching full time since 2015, so it's not. Um, well, it, it can go, uh, it can go back further than just as a coach. If you think about career, mm-hmm. whatever you want to 
right. define that. So I mean, I think again, starting off that you know going and and swimming that year in college, you know that again that did it changed it changed the entire future and my outlook on you know on swimming on what swimming can be and what swimming can be for the coaches for the kids that when when it's done right. And it's, you know, you create the right environment and it's supportive like that. This sport can offer a lot for a lot of people, you know, and that's whether that's, you know, you're going to the Olympics or you're going to junior nationals or you just feel like you have a space where you can achieve your goals and work hard and do all that. That I think that would probably be the, the best start, um, you know, that kind of changed my outlook. And then, too, I think going, you know, being around Swim Swam, being around Mel Stewart and, you know, hearing him just tell stories and all the people he knows, like that was, I learned a ton from him, you know, and he's offered a lot of advice. And then, you know, again, moving to Georgia, like, or from Georgia to here, that was a really hard decision I had to make about, you know, five months into my first full-time coaching job and kind of had to not abandon those kids. But essentially I did. It was like this first or second week of the season and got this job offer and I'm like, I can't justify passing this up so i came here um but i again i don't regret it at all i think it was the right move and it's been good yeah on one way it's really hard as a coach because you feel the loyalty to the program you are and in that case it's still young in the program right. you feel loyalty to the kids you really don't want to do but it's uh for that reason it's hard sometimes for coaches to just think about advancing their careers right and that's really what it was right. i mean there's no question that you're you were going to a larger club you're going to a club that is objectively mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. more successful within high level swimming at this point. Yeah. Um, and yet it's still a difficult decision. Right. It was, I mean, it was hard, you know, I feel like, again, they, they kind of took a chance on me on bringing me down from, you know, Indiana. They moved me down there. Like they, they did a lot like, and, and we had done a lot of work. We'd planned the whole season and we'd met. And so, you know, myself and the head coach that when I told him, I mean, he was, he was upset, you know, and again, that's totally fair. And I, I felt really bad because I didn't want to disappoint him. You know, I didn't want to disappoint the people that hired me. But again, you do feel the connection with the kids and they're starting to buy in, you know, you're five months in that you had some do well over the summer. Great. Like things are rolling. Um, but at the end of the day, I think I've, again, I'm still, I still feel bad about it a little bit that, you know, I didn't like leaving them high and dry like I did. But at the same time, I don't regret it. And I think I've learned a lot and, you know, continue to stay in the sport and learn because of the moves that I made. All right. This is one of the questions that I'm probably going to flip around a, a little bit. Um, but if you were, if you were to give advice to somebody else just starting out or thinking about starting out in coaching, let's say somebody just graduating college, thinking about starting, mm -hmm. starting getting into coaching, what kind of advice would you have for them? I mean, I just think, you know, just be passionate about it. Like that, don't don't hold back. Kind of put it out there, and that's where for me, like again, that. You know, it's almost obnoxious at some point, but I am like, again, I get into it like, like, like a avid football fan would get into football or, or whatever that might be. And, you know, I think the kids can, they can see that they, I think they know, like if you're being truthful with them or if you're, you know, just randomly complimenting them. So I think you have to have, you know, have to have standards. It has to be important to you because again, the kids are going to feel that. And then you've got to be honest with your feedback and, and make sure you're truly just watching that you're not really just given times or given sets, whatever, but you're really engaged in what they're doing, um, what they're doing at meets, what they're doing at practice, and that, you, you know, basically that you show them you care. And I think when you do that, you'll be successful. But I think so many people come in and it's just coaching is times. And it's, again, more than that. And it's being willing to explore and dive into more than just the X's and O's of sets and times and all that. Um, 
you know, and being willing to explore that because that was for me, that was the area that I struggled with the most and caught me the most off guard. Um, so just kind of more to expect that and to expect the weird situations like, you know, the dog dying or the, you know, the sister passing away or the divorce or whatever, you know, that like those situations seriously impact what you're doing and it's being able to manage that side of it as well and kind of being proactive to be able to handle that. That's great. Yeah. I've briefly mentioned that. I mean, I've been on deck with you guys just a couple of times. Unfortunately, schedule's not going to allow me to spend more time here. Mm-hmm. But I've been really impressed with the amount of feedback that seems to happen every day. You guys are clearly watching it and specific feedback mm-hmm. and eye contact when corrections are going on. I don't know if that's something that you guys are. I think, I mean, I think honestly that's Mike, you know, that, yeah. that's, that's that I've never seen anyone that works more than Mike in my entire life. I mean, <laughs> I'm not kidding. He, I mean, he's, you know, 30 plus hours on deck. He's coaching the senior, the top senior group. He's coaching 11, 12 year olds. He's always popping his head over into every other group and helping a kid out here and there um, in the office. I mean, he's, he's probably easily 80 hours a week without, without meets. Um, I mean, it's, I, it, seriously, it doesn't like, I feel like I, I work a lot and I can't, I cannot, <laughs> I can't beat him to the pool early. He's there 35 minutes every day. Like he's staying after late. He's working with kids. He's, you know, the other morning he had a couple that he had to go on a recruiting trip or they were missing Friday night concerts. So he wrote like four or five different workouts for each individual kid. Like that you can't do more than that. So it, he sets that standard and that example. And so you're always trying to, you know, live up to it and be as engaged. And I mean, he walks away from the pool. Deck, I mean, like literally covered, like his shirt will be drenched in sweat <laughs> every day. And I don't know how else to describe it. But again, I've never seen a coach that's more engaged than Mike every day that he, I mean, he is all in and it's like you, he doesn't, you know, that you don't want to go and approach him and talk to him on deck that it's, that's, that's what the office is for. He wants you at the office every day, but when he's on deck, he's coaching and that you're not, he's not going to have a conversation. He's not going to, he is so engaged. And so I think when you have that as the bar, you know, you kind of always have to step up to that. Um, but honestly, it's Mike, Mike is the one that sets the tone for that. And it's just us trying to, again, support him and, and support the club and, and do that as well. Um, but again, it's any, anything you can do, it. you're still not going to be right. It's frustrating at times, but I think, again, it, it keeps you focused and it keeps you wanting to do better and more. Um, you know, and it's, I think, his leadership that, that allows that to happen and I think it allows the club to, to have the success that it's had over the last, you know, X number of years. Yeah, over 20 years, I guess. Yeah, he's been, I mean, he's been here over, over 30 now. Um, you know, and again, it's... I think, again, uh, everything that happens here is, is him and, uh, you know, him setting the tone and us trying to kind of rise up to that. All right. If you, it's changing gears just a little bit, but sure. uh, if, you, if you had to give a presentation or teach a college class, one of the two, on a topic other than swimming, <laughs> what would it be? Um, that would be a tough one. I mean, I feel like, in a, you know, I don't know if you can relate to it or whatever, but I feel like swimming is fairly all-consuming in what you do that it takes up a large portion of your life um but there are things that i've enjoyed doing um i love fishing i haven't really figured out the catching aspect of the fishing <laughs> but um i try to go fishing wherever i can and I, you know i have a small little boat that i go out and there's a couple little lakes around here so when there are free weekends and the weather cooperates i do that as much as i can um i've gotten really into like you know smoking meats and barbecuing or whatever so I mean, it would probably be, it would honestly probably be fishing. I just don't know that I have much to offer in terms of (laughs) (laughs) teaching and all that, but I do love doing it, so. Okay. Yeah, that would be, I guess, uh, my next question about hobbies. You probably would say that that's your main hobby Mm -hmm. then. Yeah, I mean, I did did a little stuff this spring. I did a a bowling league 
not okay. not a good bowler. Um, <laughs> but again, it was just something that was almost like mindless and fun and whatever that just kind of broke up the week from just all work and swimming. Um, you know, and I'm young enough where I don't have enough family at home or whatever, something to like, you know, that once you, once you leave home, it's, this is now focusing on this. It's, you know, work is kind of like, it's something that I'm always thinking about because just at the point of my life that I'm at. Um, yeah. But it, it is nice having those things, whether it, you know, it was, you know, bowling night on Thursdays or whatever, or going fishing or, you know, Saturday, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to like last, last week I did a, um, you know, a big pork butt for 12 hours or whatever. You know, it was just something else to yeah. do, but I like something, you know, breaking it up and doing something other than swimming whenever I can. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly why I'm asking this question. I think, uh, I'm definitely guilty as charged in terms of being consumed about swimming and making mm-hmm. swimming just be all your life. So I think it's important. Other coaches there are listening to thinking like, yeah, maybe we have got to have some other interests outside uh, the sport right. as well. It's okay to do that. It's probably beneficial. It's for probably you better. For yeah. You, you know, that, especially again, in the long term. Cause it does, it does pile up. And again, especially if you do care and you are in really invested in what the kids are doing that, you know, again, that kind of weighs heavy on you at times and sometimes in a great way and sometimes not. Um, but again, being able to break it up with, you know, whatever, um, just something outside of the sport is nice. All right. Do you, do you have a routine? Do you have a, a mm-hmm. like first 30 minutes of your day look about the same or do they change day to day? Um, I mean, my, I love the summertime. I love coaching in the summertime because my, we can be in more in a routine where like, you know, in the summer we kind of coach all day. So every day, like my practice starts at nine 30 so I can wake up you know, make coffee, whatever. That's why I feel like I get better rested. You know, like I'm not waking up at four o'clock in the morning, a couple of days a week for morning workout, that it's, you do get that consistency. Right. So I really enjoy the summertime because of that. Um, in the wintertime, again, that I'm, you know, on deck from probably three o'clock to eight o'clock at night, every night, um, you know, then we're doing, you know, Saturday mornings, you're, you know, 7 a.m. to 10.30. And then throughout the week, I've got Tuesday and Thursday mornings, we do a five to 6.30 workout. So, you know, it's, it's quite a bit of time on deck, um, leading a couple different groups. And then, you know, Mike wants us here in the office, you know, quite a bit. So, I mean, every day I like to come in personally, like I'll come in at 1130 if I can, you know, I think, and I'm probably opposite of the rest of the staff, but they like to come in early, have some time off. I think once I get out of that work mode, I have a hard time jumping back into the workout at 330 or whatever time it starts. So I like to come in, you know, between 10 and 1130 and then I'll kind of work up until, 2.30, swing out of here, grab lunch, and then, you know, be at the pool by 3. Um, so that's kind of my daily schedule that I, that I like to stick to. Um, I think Mike would like it if I was at the office earlier. Um, but that's just kind of what I feel has worked best for me. And, and I can, you know, if I come in and do that and go basically grab lunch on the way to the pool, that I'm still in work then, mode yeah. and I'm better at the beginning of the workout versus working in the morning, being off for an hour or two, and then having to go back and try to turn it on again that I – I don't feel like I do as well with that. So um, that would be my routine every day. But I try to, you know, I, I plan out kind of like the main tests that I want to do ahead of time. So I'm not really good about writing workouts ahead of time. I know what I want done um, and have an idea of that. But in terms of the teaching, I'll change based on what I see every day. And we're always like, you know, we'll use the first 40 minutes where I never just do like a general warm up. It's not going to be go do a 200 skips or whatever that it's like we might do a 300 to get in. And then, you know, that first 35 minutes, we're, we're all working on butterfly you know, and the technique of it or whatever. And I think you're warming up during that. So because of the, the teaching component is such a big aspect here in, in every group. Right. Yeah. That, that's, that's, that there is no general warm up or just go loose. Like it's, yeah, it's about, we're using the teaching to warm them up. So every day I, I kind of 
based on what I'm seeing or I know what I want to work on that day. But I don't like writing workouts ahead of time because again, if I see something that I'm going to adjust, you know, and again, right. I don't, I don't mind pulling the workout and just saying, Oh, we're going to change it and, and do whatever, even day of, but I like kind of writing that workout that day. So I feel like I'm up to date on, on basically what I'm seeing on a day to day basis and can adjust that way. All right. Uh, yeah, I was going to have a couple more questions about the writing of the workouts, but since you already kind of touched on writing day to day, do you have some sort of a more general season plan in terms of like what kind of work needs to be done through the season or is it still just really adjusting based on what you saw yesterday or the day um, before? Yes and no. And I've, I've fluctuated as I've, you know, again, learned more about, you know, what I do. So, you know, this season I'm kind of doing more of my, you know, aerobic base work, you know, whether it's an aerobic set or a threshold set on, on Mondays, you know, Tuesdays I've been doing kind of like a more active rest. So really, you know, like we've been doing a set where you go like 100 on a minute and then, you know, 50 easy. And then two times where you go 75 on 45 and then a 50 easy. And then three times you go 50 on 30, you know, that really just trying to get them to go fast with right, active rest. Yeah. And then Thursdays have been more of like your, you know, I don't call it pace work with them or whatever, but kind of, you know, you're going to hold your pace and be steady 20, 50s on a minute, kind of something like, you know, like that, where it's like, you're just going to go fast and try to be, had that consistency. Um, so I've been staggering the week in terms of like main sets that week or that way right now. And then I also, you know, I'm trying to track kick sets or progressions or underwaters, whatever it is and, and making sure you're getting everything. But in terms of like main sets, that's kind of what I try to stick to. So that's, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then repeat Thursday, Friday, right. Saturday. But, it, you know, again, in terms of the teaching stuff, I, I know we have like a development model of like basically the skills that they're expected to learn at this level to prepare them for the next. So we always have that in mind. We're always kind of coaching and teaching to that. Um, but I think within that, knowing what the skills are that we're working on or trying to master at this age, that I do fluctuate more so on the teaching and, you know, oh, we need more work on this that we're not quite as well. So I'll adjust more on the fly with the teaching portions of it. But as far as what we're working towards through the season, that's the same, I guess. Okay. Yeah, it's been really uh, – that was something that I noticed, again, just – a couple of days, but I noticed that that teaching portion and the short warm up every day that was that was a ju jumps right away. You're like, oh yeah, they they really go right, right into a skill set versus, mm -hmm. uh, and it really is about like maybe five minutes before that, and that's it, right? And then yeah, I mean, into skill maybe set. Yeah, we'll do you know, Mike's uh, he typically do like three hundred on five minutes, three hundred on six minutes, and that's basically just to get him in and and going, and then it's go. Um, right. With the thirteen, fourteens, I don't even typically do that very often like we're going to go with you know it might be 12 25s on 40 so they're still talking but it's you know number one's going to be this and then two you're going to you know that you we're going to start right away to just keep their focus and keep their attention but it's i mean very very rarely do we ever just do general just go loosen up okay or, or take time to do that uh, more out of curiosity because sometimes my kids if i start with something that's that's shorter and they are stopping do they complain about being cold I guess your pool is um, not that cold. My my pool might get a little cooler. We, I mean, our pool is like a constant, like eighty-two. I feel like, I mean, I've got it in swim a couple times. I'm like, there's no way they're cold. But um, <laughs> okay. But honestly, like you know, no, and, and I think they, they, it's, you know, it's not something that they they as a twelve-year-old they did a five hundred to start, and now they're it's changing. I think this is just from day one. This is kind it's, of been it's the what way, they're used to. Yeah, this is just the way things have always been. So. Um, I mean, we don't see it. It's just what they're used to. So we really don't get that too much. But All right. Sort of a specific here, but uh, when you're writing workouts, are you a notepad guy? Are you a spreadsheet? Are you I do software? I do everything on a Word document. 
Word document. So we have every workout saved, and then I print out. We have a little bit thicker, like heavier. Um, I don't know what pound paper it is. Um, the 28 pound paper versus the normal like 20 pound paper and so i give them the, the full workout every single day um, your, your kids do get the workout every day yeah so we, we print it out and I, they put it on a kickboard it's at their lane every day so like there's no surprises or secrets like that they know what's coming they know what we're working on they can see it so i'm going to explain it a little bit but i think it helps keep it moving you know i don't have to spend time writing on a whiteboard or whatever where i'm not looking at the pool um and two, I, you know, that some coaches don't want their kids to know what's coming on the main set that I think part of swimming, like you have to want to do the hard stuff. Like that's, you know, even though you know, it's going to hurt, it's being like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to do it anyway, you know, and thinking about how do I tackle this? Well, um, you know, so occasionally, especially the younger ones, you do get some that, uh, you know, I'm going to save up a little bit on this one and be better on the main set. But I think, you know, we're talking about all the time and trying to make the most out of every set. And, you know, so I want them to, to do their best knowing that you still have all this coming or knowing that we're going to do this set right before to make you tired before we go into this kick set or whatever it might be and still get the most out of it. Um, so I think everyone from, I think our 11, 12 year olds up, they have a, a printed out workout every single day behind their lane. So they know what's going on. And that's kind of what we do as a team. All right. Mm -hmm. So as, um, uh, this is another question that when we talked about here, probably going to flip cause it's about hiring assistant coaches. You said it, you haven't yeah. done much hiring yourself. No, but I, I thought this, this would be a pretty interesting one to uh, kind of ask from the other side as well. So if you were if you were looking for a different job mm -hmm. or if you were, I guess in that case, Mike gave you the call, mm -hmm. what were the things that you would be looking that would attract you to a certain place or to a certain position? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I, I think, you know, being being around Mike and having someone to learn from all the time has, has really been huge. And whether he's directly said, Hey, this is the way I want you to do it. Or whether he's directly teaching or I'm just seeing, Holy cow, he's getting a lot done. How is he doing that? What's he doing? And so I'm, I think his day has got 30 hours by the way. What's that? I think his day is 30 hour long. Oh yeah. Like absolutely. just a couple of days that I've been here. But you know, um, you know, so you, you, you see him that, all right, how is he doing that? What's he doing? Why is he doing it? And so it's, Maybe he didn't directly say, I want you to go do this, but you're like, holy cow, how is he getting them to do that? How are they responding that well? And so then I'm, you know, going and looking and trying to find ways So, all right, well, he's getting this done. So there's a way to do it. Now we just got to figure that out. And so I think that's been like almost the, you know, having that carrot to chase, you know, that he kind of sets that bar and that I've had to go learn so much just because it's like, holy cow, how's he doing that? What's he doing? And then you have to go figure it out, you know? And I, I think I've, grown as a coach more so because of that than I have with other clubs that I've worked at. Um, so I think I, at this point in my life, I don't feel like I want to be a head coach yet. Um, but I, I like being around people that are going to help me learn and whether that's directly teaching or me being like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta step up my game that they're, they're doing this at a higher level. I got to figure that out. Um, so I would definitely look for something like that. And then too, you know, that just, I think it has to make sense. It has to be the right environment. The goals have to be there that I think, you know, that the staff has to be coordinated, you know, that the goals have to be the same. And I think when you find a team that does all that, that they're working together, that they're supporting each other, I think I would be open to something like that. But for me, the biggest thing right now that I want, I would like to have a mic or someone like that, that I can continue to challenge myself and try to, you know, work towards being like them or learning from them. Um, so that would kind of be the, the main focus for me right now. All right. Is there anything that you think was particularly helpful 
coming into the to the club in terms of getting you up to date in terms of this is how the club runs this is what is kind of like you mentioned a little bit not necessarily were direct talks but is there anything that's been basically with people that are in charge of hiring i'm talking about onboarding and like mm -hmm. what are they doing in terms of making sure that staff coming in yeah uh understands the club and and molds into the club pretty well was there anything that you can think of that helped you mm -hmm. to get molded into uh the club i mean we do we do weekly staff meetings and that's whether we are brand new or anything that's that's the same so i think we're constantly talking about like just being reminded that hey that you know we're, we're really focusing on retention right now whatever that might you know be the best communication be so it's you're constantly getting those reminders and reinforcing the culture um, and again, I think that comes from from Mike, and Mike typically leads that. There, every now and then, we, we might talk about something if, you know, we feel strongly about it, or if he's asked to go. You know, we went to the national select camp, come back and talk about it, whatever. But for the most part, that's Mike is doing that. We're doing that weekly. There was a staff guide um, that we were given when we first started, and it was just a ton of reading. And you know, I, I glanced through it, but it was so much information that honestly, I don't personally feel like it was super helpful. But the, the cool thing about coming here, um, you know, again, I came in looking back really with very, very little coaching experience. You know, I knew a lot of the office stuff in terms of like the website and the social media and whatever. And that's kind of where I was stronger, having been with SwimSlam and doing some of that stuff. But the actual coaching, I didn't really have as much experience as I thought I did. Um, but the cool thing about that was, was I was given two groups when I started and it was like, all right, go. Like Mike didn't ask to see a workout one time. I mean, in, in the five, whatever, four and a half years that I've been here, ne never once has he been like, can I see what you're doing? But he's very aware. Like, he knows. He, he knows, knows what you're doing. Oh, he, <laughs> knows, he knows. But he's never once been like, I need to see a workout or it needs to be this, this, and this, and this. Now, you'll get the, well, I, I probably would have done it this way. <laughs> you know, and, and you'll get that. Or he's like, I think maybe it could have been a little bit better. And, and so, like, even to go ask him for a better set, Okay, that's good. But have you thought about doing it? Like last night, I had a set that I wanted to do whatever. And he's like, well, have you thought about doing it like this? So we modified and or it was two days ago, Wednesday, either way. But, you know, have you thought about, you know, what if you go, you know, 350s fast and then change gears 1 8 up? You're going to get more of that pace feel, you know. So what if we do it that way? Go, you know, 3 on 50 that at, you know, at fast and then 1 on 110 or whatever as fast as you can go and then do a 50 easy you know that he got me to think about it like well if you try it this way you might get more of this kind of response and he's been really helpful about that but honestly it was completely like you know he, learn like he's like you know i he's made mistakes i made mistakes and i've i've learned more from you know making mistakes and i've made them you know what i mean yeah. that like it hasn't been perfect but when i have screwed up he's had my back every time now later he's like, hey, I, do, I would not have handled it that way. But again, he'll back you up with whatever it is, and then say, hey, you know, maybe this way it'll be a little bit better or whatever. But he's, it hasn't been super dictative, and it needs to be this, this, and this, and this. We have the standards and stuff that we're kind of working towards within the group, and we know what that is. You're trying to get him prepared for the next level, so we're talking that way. Um, but he's really just let let me and everyone just just coach. That's what you're hired for. Go coach. And that you kind of learn along the way. And that freedom and autonomy, I think most head coaches that I've either worked with or know that don't give up that kind of control. Um, you know, but he's very laid back with, with that. It's not, there. there's not a ton of rules at Lakeside. Actually, there's no rules at Lakeside, but it's not out of control. They're, they're very, very clearly, we talk about fly first class. That's where the, you know, the Seahawks fly first class is the motto. 
and there are absolutely very very strict standards that's like this is the way we do things and that's almost worse than you broke rule that mike comes over and goes that's not the way we do things here you know whether it's a kid screwing around or doing whatever and like that is i i love that i love the saying by the way i just yeah. love it and it's just it, it's more like you didn't you didn't we don't you know that you're not enforcing the rules or you weren't at this practice as much so it's good but it's like this you know we that's, that's, this is the way we do things or this is the way we don't do things and it's very much like that and um there are absolutely like the standards in place but there haven't been it's not super strict of you have to do it this way or whatever that you know he he's kind of said to me that like again just because i coach it this way doesn't mean that that's the best way that you have to communicate it in whatever way is best for you to communicate it or you know you have to write the set in a way that you can get excited about that again me giving you a workout that yeah you can run it but are you going to be as passionate about it if it's something that i wrote and you're just giving um so that i think has been huge and again knowing weekly what we're we're still working on this stuff or we need to focus on as a team we need to be a lot better on turns we got you know devastated on walls at this meet whatever that that stuff still you know weekly brought up um but it's been very much coach coach to standards hold the kids to standards hold ourselves as a staff to standards um and there's been a lot of autonomy given and i think that works because again we are he is on top of he knows what's going on even though he hasn't asked to see it work out or whatever right so. that was uh i guess with the setup you guys have and a lot of groups kind of happening at the same time and at different mm -hmm. ends of the pool is there any time where he actually kind of takes a practice off of his group to kind of just observe the other groups or not no. even no um <laughs> he won't take any time off ever so <laughs> no um but again like the, every now and then we'll do some saturdays together or you know we might combine for a thursday um and we did that a little bit more when i first started you know maybe once a week we, we kind of joined up and you know more so we talked about the set beforehand and we just got to see so i was really for me it was impressive at the time there were some really really good swimmers Brooke 40 was here, Asia site, you know, and she was 402 in the 400 IM at the time. Like, so for me, like to see yeah. a high schooler doing that, just, I mean, how well she trained, not even how hard or whatever. I'm talking how, like, if it said the negative split, I mean, it, it was negative. I mean, just like to a T, you know, so like being able to see like how, when he says, I want you to do it this way, that, 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 that's, that's the way it's expected to be done. Right. And that, you know, seeing him, like, kind of set that standard and hold it, and then knowing that we can kind of do the same thing, and that that's the expectation or whatever, I think that was helpful. Um, but for the most part, no, he's never come and just observed or watched. Um, our first year, he was just the way the groups happened to be set up. He was, like, floating assistant at, for during our age group groups. And that was kind of cool and helpful. And I think he did probably see more that first year because of that. But that wasn't to observe. It just happened to it be was... we had good coaches all over. And so he was able to step back a little bit. And, you know, he every day he was always there. But, you know, this day he's helping with the 9, 10-year-olds. This day he's helping with the 11, 12. You know, that that was just the setup we had. Okay. Since then we've had coaches leave, and now he's leading our 11, 12-year-old group. But um, honestly, no, he doesn't do that. But he is aware. He knows what's going on. He hears. Um, so... It's almost impressive how how in tune he can be with his group and still know what else is going on. <laughs> That's pretty good. Mm -hmm. um, if you had, this is also a question that I think it's usually asked for head coaches, but I think it's it's a good question to ask any coach. If you had personally unlimited money to spend on professional development, yeah, where would you spend it? Um, I don't know actually. 
Um, I, I think, I mean, it's been cool, like, doing the, you know, doing the slot camp stuff and going and, and really getting those first experiences um, has been awesome. You know, as we've done it, like, the National Slot Camp or those kind of things a couple times, that it gets a little repetitive, um, which is not a bad thing, I think, that, you know, for the people For the kids, is, the, yeah, usually. For the kids, or yeah. even, like, for the coaches, like, to go hear that for the first time, it's great. Um, you know, I think, again, we, we've been able, we've been fortunate, we get, like, do the gold medal club, like, the, the grant stuff. We've been able to bring, you know, people in. And I think, again, it's being able to collaborate and talk about it, that that's been helpful. So as a staff, like, last week we brought a nutritionist in from Cincinnati, and she's been able to come in. And, you know, I think, again, it's just adding to what we can talk about as a group. I don't personally know, because at this point I'm not, like, I don't have a big list of things that I want to go you know, do for continue learning. Um, but I learn a ton every day from, oh, hey, I had this idea. What do you think? And I do that more with, again, Corey, who's here. He's the other senior coach we have with Mike, with Tom, with all the, with all the guys that are in the office, you know, that I think it's just being around people and then having actual FaceTime in the office. Like we have an actual Yeah, have an building actual building, yes. That we're, we're here during the day and, they, and you do get that collaborate or be able to collaborate a little bit more and share ideas and, you know, whatever talk a little bit um but i you know i think maybe that maybe that you know that have have a communal space or whatever where you can share ideas and, and do that where you're not taken away from the kids on deck that you know you can do that here and then go be focused when you're on the pool deck together all right we talked a little bit about training and, and kind of the, some of the changes you made and, and things like that already but is there anything that comes to mind that you've done uh recently in terms of changing the way you approach something or or uh, a new kind of tool a new something that you started adding to, to your practice that uh you think was pretty significant there's been um i think you saw them last night this those headsets we've have yeah yeah so we have these little they're like they're called my swim ears um megan westing out in iowa um i think she started that and it's her team's using them all the time um and i met her at select camp last year and she was the one that kind of talked about it and got into that but it was again your the coaching of the x's and o's whatever that's fine but it's like that personal side of stuff where you can your kids can hear you you can get instant feedback um so i thought it'd be great for the kids and that whether it's a technique set or you know like the other day we did stuff of like how to swim the thousand and we broke it down and i'm talking them through all right now oh, I, you know you know you're in the second quarter of the race you can't let the details and all the turn that this is where you're trying to build it up a little bit, but your the turns have to be better that you're, you're not getting lazy at this point, knowing you have so much longer to go. This is where you're really focusing on those things. And then you get to that third quarter that all right now you got to make a move. You got to go. So I'm, I'm talking, you know, that we might be doing four, 200s practicing your race strategy for the thousand, but like I'm talking them through, all right, now you got to remember this stuff, whatever. So they're hearing that and getting that feedback. And that's been really cool. The technique side of stuff, you know, it's just even a little reminders. And then, too, I've, I've noticed it's helpful that I might say something one way, hey, I want to go see you, you know, get the elbow up. I want to see, you know, whatever. And they're doing something. <laughs> you know what I mean? They, they, are, they are trying to do whatever I'm saying, but what they heard is not what I meant. And so it's been almost helpful for me to, like, hear, like, oh, that w when I'm saying this, they're internalizing it as this, and that's not what I meant. So I've been able to correct myself or explain things different ways to different kids and I can see that happening in the moment and fix it in the moment right away without and that's that's been really really cool and you get so much more like coaching where you can talk to the kids that way so we'll use that a couple times a week um, and I think that's the biggest like physical change that that, that we've made 
from an approach in terms of how I go about the season, we've kind of taken a step back and looking at like what the culture is and, and again, gone away from you better be this fast, you know, because yes, that's a piece of it. But again, then that's where I've learned. So like what's, we've gone into basically different kind of commitment that are you committed? Are you involved? And what's the difference between being committed and involved? And I have kids that are at 13, 14. Most of them are at, you know, triple A or quad A or sectional times. Like they're, they're strong swimmers in this group, you know, so they're on the cusp of like, all right, I could be really good. I could be that junior national qualifier. I would want, I want to be at trials. And basically at this point, it's like, you know, they're going to keep getting faster. They're going to keep growing, but what can you do to, to build that buy-in? And so I've gone away from times and all that and just, really been talking about commitment our goal this year or whatever and we track attendance is that like every single week we're going to have better attendance than national that's our goal <laughs> but and, you know it's just something that again that one day that in four years they're going to be the ones getting ready for trials you know in 2024 right so they might not be there yet but those are the kids they're going to compete against so what are we going to do now to beat them you know so i mean even as silly as like if they're doing 4100s we're going to do 41 like just mentally like that we're going to do something better than they are you know so like the big goal this week in terms of commitment is not like you might not be going faster than yet, but we're going to be better every single week. So as a group, our goal is to be have better attendance in the 13, 14 group and the national group. And so far we haven't, they haven't lost yet. Um, you know what I mean? But again, they're, they're at 13, 14, there's no reason that they can't like mom and dad pick them up from school. They drop them off at the pool. Like they don't even have social options. Like <laughs> this is their friend group. They're here. So at this age, I feel like, again, that they're, there's really no excuse that they can't be bought in. You know what I mean? And again, if, if we're making it fun and exciting for them to be there, if their parent if they're begging their parents to go, that their parents are gonna take them. Yeah. You know, it's not they're not fighting to come or whatever. So they've really rallied behind this idea that we're gonna be better attendance wise. They'll you know they'll check on Tuesday or Wednesday, hey, where are we at this week compared yeah. to national? And then they're like, oh, you gotta come, you gotta come tomorrow morning. Like you gotta be there. You know, like they'll get that they'll drag girl, each other out of their that, houses. That one girl that like. <laughs> You know, sometimes you come to something doesn't, oh, Matt, you know, so-and-so, you got you got to be here this week. Like, Lucas, I need, you know, can't, you got to come. We got to get our attendance up. And so, yeah. like, they've rallied around that. Um, and so the big push this year has been, you know, on a, on a service level, let's start with commitment that, you know, and, di- and different ways you can be committed. That are, Do you have a water bottle at practice? Do you have all your equipment? You know, can our attendance be better than national? And I think, again, then, then you're looking to, like, all right, well, what's it mean to be committed to your teammates? And we've, we're going to expand into, like, we'll have our fir- first meet this weekend. And on how many of them are on their phones or how many of them are watching the teammates, you know, that if we're trying to be committed to our team and our teammates and our own goals, that are we supporting the people around us and creating that environment? So that's that's been the biggest approach is, is building up that commitment and and the different ways that you can be committed more so than just showing up. And so that's kind of my focus for for the year. And I think the more they buy in and, and rally around each other, the times, again, take care of themselves. Um, and they feel like they belong and all that. So I think, it, you, you know, it's two birds with one stone kind of thing. Um, but the, the times take a back seat. I think it just ends up being a positive result of that increased commitment and that, compre- you know, the more supportive environment. So That's pretty good. Kind of, uh, again, weird segue. I think it's going from the exciting part portion here. But uh, one of the things that I'm trying to talk about when I, when I sit down with coaches too is talk about, uh, some of the challenges of picking coaching as a profession, and I think it's it's easy to be excited. We're, it's uh, it's a great thing. There's there's many positives about it, and not not to moan about it, mm-hmm. but so that everybody knows that that's out there too in terms of uh, right. 
some of some of the I guess uh, the hours of work that uh, that are not only long but also unusual, right? right? And and uh, and kind of a toll to trying to have some sort of a life outside of swimming as well, right? Uh, sometimes some people might might struggle with uh, the pay rate in swimming, the yeah. salary. Do you have any any particular uh, thing that has kind of every now and then presented as a challenge in terms of staying in the coaching as a profession and would you have any advice yeah i mean i think i mean just personal challenges whatever and i don't want to speak negatively about you know coaching or the team whatever but i think you know that you know the cost of living continuing like it's it's more expensive here the rent is very expensive in louisville so you know i ended up like you know you bought a house which again i was fortunate enough to have a decent job that i could do that um you know it's one of those little fixer uppers whatever but even now like things are tight like you know right. and you know i'm working you know the it's 50 plus hours a week you know and that's without the swim meets so then you take away you know how many weekends and then with the size of our club that we have you know this weekend's going to be for everyone it's you know time final meet but once we get like into november december well this level meet on this weekend is going to cater to our super you know our, our elite our high-end kids well, the next weekend we try to offer something we're going to offer something local so we might be in nashville one weekend but we're going to be back here the next so you 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 know you're meeting the need for every summer well that's you know two three four weekends in a row sometimes that, yeah and it's i mean it's brutal and then with the way we're structured that again we don't have a head age group coach or anything like that but mike leads a senior group and an age group group i lead our top 13 14 group and our developmental group Corey leads our 15-18 group, which is like the step down from Mike's national team, just high school age swimmers, and our our best nine tens. So like we're both, we're all, we're all doing. But that that with with meets, it's not like you're gonna go work one session, and then you have the afternoon off. That we're because we lead kids in every single age group. You're every single meet we go to prelim finals doesn't matter. We're there from the very first warm up. That there's no like you're gonna have a session off. So some of those meets they turn into 14, 15 hour days every single day so there's like a stretch in you know february march around that when you have the high school meets and then the age group championships and those last chance meets it's seven or eight weekends in a row and so you you literally work two months in a row without a single day off yeah and it's every weekend and you know that that's i struggle with that at times so on top of that that you know that financially things get tight you're you know for me and again this is not everyone's problem but i have a dog and so you're putting a dog up and paying for it so before i had roommates and the dog they were watching the dog well now now it's by yourself now i'm putting you know yeah. I, and unfortunately i have to put the dog up you know so there's 100 150 bucks a week i to do that and so it's like those little constraints right. have become more stressful you know and again that i care so i, I want to be there as right. many as i can as, as much as it might be frustrating sometimes that work that many meets or whatever i want to be there and i want to do that but i think things are financially getting getting tighter you do work a lot of hours so it's not even like oh i can go pick up another job yeah. or i can do lessons or whatever it's so they were spread pretty thin already yeah so yeah i think i mean you have to love it like you can't this is not a sport now there, there are plenty of teams where i think you can go to work and come here and that just coach the kids and have fun but i think i mean the goals of this club are to be top in the country that again we're expected every year to be i mean we've been a gold medal team six, 15 or 16 times now you know what I mean? And that, that's the expectation. That it's not like, right. a, oh, it'd be awesome if we do it. Like, we're going to be, and we're going to do what it takes to do that. And that's just kind of part of the culture here and what Mike has created. But I think, 
to do all that or whatever, it does get stressful. So you have to love it. You have to be really into it, you know, but you are working a lot, you know, you are having to pay the bills and then you balance, you know, are you increasing training fees or whatever, which is already an expensive sport. So you, you know, that right. you, you under, I understand why, you know, that I'd love to be making more money, but I understand why that's not realistically an option you know, based on what we're working with and what the, you know, the structure of the club that we don't have a lessons program. We don't have stuff like that. So right. I understand, but I'm conflicted a little bit personally. Yeah. So again, I think, you know, I think you have to be fortunate for what, you know, you do have as much as it is easy to gripe about like yeah. the, maybe I could get paid more maybe I could have more weekends off or maybe I could work more normal hours. But I, I do love swimming and that, you know, I am in a position where, you know, maybe I'm not, whatever, making as much money as that I'd love to make. But at the same time, I'm more fortunate than a lot of people that are in similar situations. And so, again, it's trying to remember that, again, be grateful for what you do have. And that, again, I, I am in an awesome situation where, again, I'm learning stuff every day. I'm being challenged every day by, you know, by the kids, by the coaches around me. Um, you know, so I think it's just keeping perspective, appreciating what's around you. You know, I'd have a hard time if I didn't have – that supportive of an environment where I am being challenged and being you know pushed for more or whatever to do as much as I'm doing I don't know if I could justify that and that's right. why I like having having my having that push you know you can never say you're working too much because he's working you know what I mean like, <laughs> working, and as silly yeah. as, and as and again that's a positive or negative but you know again I do feel like I'm getting better because of it and I'm, and I'm okay with that and right. that's probably part of like the you know the athlete drive that you're you know you're willing to do what it takes to get better right um so, I mean, long-term, I think, you know, I, I would hope that I can, I, you know, that you can make a little bit more money or be a little bit more comfortable and that there is some balance, you know, that I want to be able to have a family one day or, or you know, do that. But, it, you know, it's being able to balance, you know, that loving coaching and being involved versus having, having both. Um, so, again, I, I don't have that at this point in my life, but, again, I hope that I do one day, um, you know, so it's just kind of keeping that all in perspective and trying to, you know, stay with it. But if you don't love it, I think it'd be really hard to, to do what you're doing for, you know, for a long time. Cause again, it is coaching is there's challenges to it. Like you said, schedule, pay all that. And right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and again, I guess in your case, you're, you're mentioning the, what, what keeps you coming back every day is the, the fact that the, the club strive for something that you can get behind. Yeah. And beyond the challenges, there is there is the the learning and the getting better, uh, both mm -hmm. in the club and for yourself. So it sounds like that's a right. And I think that that to me is something that I, you know, that I that I want that I want to be challenged to get better. I'm not at a point where, you know, I think there are a ton of, of great swim teams out there that it's, it's OK if you're not the best swimmer, which, you know, this club is not that. Um, they're very driven towards that. We're going to, we're going to do things. We're going to be highly competitive, but I think there are so many programs that do great things for kids and there's nothing wrong with that. And if, you know, you can do, you know, work a nine to five job and you come and just be that awesome coach and that awesome personality for those kids, let them have that outlet. Maybe they swim a couple times a week and you know, that they are good high school swimmers. Like that's nothing wrong with that. Right. But I, at this moment in my life, that's not what motivates me that, you know, this is so, you know, it's, my goals are, are still in line with the clubs. And I think that helps. I think if at any point that changes, you know, that that would be hard. So I think for me, like, again, I can get behind what the goals of the club are. I'm wrapped up in it. And yes, there are challenges to it. Um, 
but I know this is a supportive environment for, for me and I can make an impact and, and help people and do, you know, help the club accomplish whatever we're trying to accomplish. Um, so I guess that's how I, you know, I'm, I'm okay set, yeah. with what's going on because of, you know, because of that. Um, if that were to change, I don't know. Yeah, I would have to probably have to reevaluate, I guess. All right. All right. If you, if you could pick three skills or qualities that you would like all the athletes that come through your program or in that case, through your groups, what would those be? And that could be for the athletes, for, for the athletes to have three skills and, and it can be swimming related or it can be something else. I'm, I'm making this a, a, a pretty broad question on purpose. Yeah. So it's kind of like go wherever you want. Um, I, or, and, and it can be up to three. You don't have to necessarily pick three. I, I want, I would love to have the kids that are aggressive, like, and that, you know what I mean? Like that they're, they're in, in a race, right? <laughs> in a race and yeah. practice, I think, okay. cause again, that that okay. feeds into it, that I, I want not, not like the, the accountability is not like, Oh, you, you know, that not necessarily just calling out the negatives, but being like, I'm going to kick your butt and that you're still friends when you walk away from that, but not being afraid to be like me and you right now in practice where that you're, I'm beating you. Let's go. And like, and, and, and making that like, that's fun. And some kids thrive on that. They love it. Yeah. They're super competitive. And some kids are very, very shy away from that. But I think again, that when you look at what was so fun about college swimming, you have that, like, it's all right, we're going to get up and go fast. And that, you know, that there were probably, there were probably days that like you get more fired up because you're calling out a teammate. We're going to race at the end of practice, whatever. It's silly. I'm going to, I'm going to beat you in a 50 fly. Like, Something doesn't even <laughs> it doesn't even matter, but you get so fired up and so driven towards. Um, so I I want them to be aggressive. I want them to vocalize that, and still walk away, and that we're gonna be friends. And then too, I think again that you want someone that's committed to what the group's doing. That they're they're not afraid to to be a part of the group and buy in. And even if that means you know that I'm giving up other other aspects or other things. To, to be a part of the group, you know, to be a part of what is going on here. That I want someone that can, again, can be aggressive, is willing to call that out, that they want to be a part, they want to contribute. Um, and then for a third one. You don't have to have a third one. We can keep it at two if you yeah. want. I mean, yeah. I think that, that sets the foundation and you can really work with the kids there. Um, you know, and then again, you just, you want to have kids that are great teammates, like because at the end of the day, that that's that despite you know whether they're here because it's Lakeside or here for the coaches, um, which again there are always going to be some that they want the, the title or they want that, you know I'm working with someone that he's on you know had kids on the junior national team or Mike's had Olympian like you're going to have some of those, but some of them are going to be here and again that they you want them to be that teammate. There's everyone has a role and it's okay if everyone's role isn't to be the best or whatever. Um, you know, but I think again, all those things go that if you're super aggressive, you're willing to call people out, that you really want to be a part of what's going on, and you're a great teammate despite that being aggressive and being competitive, and I'm I'm going to beat you. You know what I mean? Like that mindset. Again, I think that allows you to have a very very successful group and season, and and it's fun to coach that kind of group. That you know, we did we did a set last week or whatever where it was a hundred from a dive, and then you got ten seconds rest, and then a seventy five kick. And your goal was to beat your best 200 time. So 100 all out, 10 seconds rest, 75 kick, try to beat your 200 time. Well, we did it in two groups. So we had three heats of boys go. And while the boys were going, the girls were waiting. 
and then we switch. Well, they got they got super into it, and so the girls tried to try to figure out. They started to figure out who the low bar was, and that's that's what they called it. And again, it was it was silly, but they they were sitting there watching me call it out times. They're trying to figure out who was the slowest boy. So oh, you know whatever you know, Lucas went one hundred one eight on that hundred. How many girls can we get to beat one hundred one eight? Like and and they they started doing this. So then I'm like, they got so wrapped up into who's the low bar, how many how many girls can beat him, and so, you know that that first two rounds were good. The effort was good, and once we got into round three and four, like it was like, you know, the effort. They're like, what are we doing? You know, it's hard, and that's when they started to fall off. But all of a sudden, the girls got wrapped up in this like, I was cracking Just when, up, calling yeah. it the low bar. But they're like, who's, <laughs> who's the low bar? And that's. That's what they're trying to figure out. Who was the slowest boy on that hundred from a dive, and how many girls can beat him? And so then we got. Once I caught on, I'm like, "Hey, boys, just so you know, <laughs> here's, here's what the girls are doing, and you know, so and so, you were the low bar this time, <laughs> like not in a mean way. Yeah. But then they're like, "Well, now we're, we're all gonna have to go faster now. Like, there were no way are the girls beating us, and they like they together. So I mean, round three was awful. Round four or five, it, each round got better. And again, I didn't do anything." You know, but you had that environment at practice and it was like, it was just fun to watch. It was just fun to be a part of because I didn't do anything. I didn't have to yell at them or get on them, man. But it was like the girls were trying to beat as many boys as they can. The boys were trying not to lose to the girls. Like it, it, it became this super competitive but supportive environment and they, they did awesome. Like it was, it was just a fun set. Um, but I think those, those things allowed that to happen. Um, and again, it wasn't me. You know what I mean? They, they did that. So, and that's cool. Uh, we're, we're about to wrap it up here. And, uh, this is, this is actually my last actual question. Mm -hmm. Uh, so what is the most important thing people should know about you? Like in terms of coaching or in terms of anything, wherever you want to go. Um, I mean, I, you know, I hope at the end of the day that, that people know that like, you know, whether I, I'm very passionate about what I'm doing I'm very much like you're gonna know if I'm happy or not happy about it that I kind of like and very expressive I guess is it, like you the kids know that's just my personality I'm very I don't know how to describe it um but energetic enthusiastic whatever so I get wrapped up into it and sometimes that comes across as really excited sometimes that like you're gonna get me yelling but then that I hope they know you know that that they care or that I care and that I want them to do well and even though I'm yelling I'm not yet I'm not really yelling at you or trying to be mean, but it, you know, that it means a lot to me or whatever. And one of the, the hardest times I had, whatever, I had this girl who she'll be, I think she's a junior or senior now, but it's so three or four years ago, whatever. I mean, I had, it was part of this group that was really, really good. And I had a 12 year old girl that like was watching her swim and she went five double oh oh seven in the 500 free at 12. Like, I mean, was so close to breaking five minutes at 12. And I was ecstatic jumping up and down going crazy. Well, this, 13 year old girl who had always been faster than, you know, the girl that just swam, you know, seed times of 503 or 504, she's in the, the 13, 14 final, the 500 free. So I'm jumping up and down and I turn around and there's this girl almost in tears. Hadn't swam yet, but like her goal is to break five minutes. This girl just went five double oh oh and, and then freaked out. Just, and I'm like, Whoa. So I had to instantly like calm it down and be like, okay, like, Hey, you know, you're ready. You got this, whatever. Well, she had a great race and just lost it on like the last hundred. So ended up going 502. Best time, but it was, you know, all of a sudden this girl now had beat her for the first time. She didn't break five minutes. Like, right. 
And so I pulled out. I'm like, you don't want to talk about it? And she's like, nope. And I'm like, okay. So I just sat there with her, whatever. We talked about, you know, she always jokes about Kidoba that we both love Kidoba. So we're talking about Kidoba and that, you know, we're going to go there after, after we the meet and we're going to eat or whatever. And she's like, do you get mad at me when I swim? And I'm like, what? And she's like, sometimes when I, like, I see you yelling or whatever, I feel like, like you're mad and you don't, like, it makes me not want to swim. And like, I mean, even talking about it, like I get choked up about it. Like that was the worst thought that I've like ever had. Cause again, all I want to do is see her go fast and do well and, and, and have fun with it. Like enjoy the process and like her saying that, like, you know, me jumping up and down or, or like getting excited that she thinks that I'm mad at her and it makes her not want to swim. Like that just crushed me. And I, I don't want that. So if there's anything, it's, it's that. Um, and I do care a lot, but I don't want it to go past that you know what I mean like it's that I, I want them to know I do care I want them to do well and even though I get very passionate about it or whatever good or bad that it's just again I want to see them do well and I want to help them enjoy whatever they're doing and I don't want it to get to a point that I make swimming not fun for them and that would probably be my biggest thing as a coach so thanks uh yeah thank you so much for sharing that and, yeah uh, yeah I mean sitting here yeah, I, I could tell how how emotional just just mm -hmm. the thought of that is. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, well, Tony, thanks again for taking the time. You guys have a meet this afternoon and yeah, you're taking over an hour of your day to sit mm -hmm. down and chat with me. This was great. I hope that people listening enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, the tons of uh, great stuff here. Do you, um, do you have any closing thoughts uh, or uh, also if you, people want to, get in touch or do you have any social media or email or something like yeah, that? I mean, the social media is out there. Um, I think like Instagram was like, I don't know. I'd, I'd have to send it to you. You can, you can <laughs> you feel, yeah, but yeah, probably, I mean, yeah. feel free. If you have questions, whatever that shoot me an email or whatever, and I can either expand on or answer any questions you guys have. Um, I don't think anything I'm doing is any different than what other coaches out there are doing. So, you know, I don't, I'm not trying to make this special, but again, if you do have questions or whatever, just again, I'll tell you what I know, which you know, who knows what that is, but <laughs> happy to share what I know. So. Um, right, yeah, thanks again. Thanks for having me on deck this couple of days. It was uh, great. I learned yeah, a lot right on deck. And, uh, yeah, thank you. Awesome, thank you. And that was it for another episode of the Swim Coaching Transit Podcast. As always, thanks for listening. And if you made it to the end, I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy this, please... Take a few seconds to give this podcast five stars or a positive review on whatever podcast player you use. And if you like to hear more shows like this, go ahead and subscribe. And thanks again to Mike DeBoer for welcoming me on deck at Lakeside and especially to Tony for doing the same and agreeing to sit down for this long interview. As I mentioned in the closing, about an hour after we were done, he was on deck for a full weekend meet. So I really appreciate him taking the time. And make sure you check out the show notes on my blog, swimcoachintransit.com. That's swimcoachintransit, all spelled out together in lowercase with no dashes or special characters. There, you can always find links to books, websites, and all other resources we talked about that I could link to, as well as notes on the club visits I did while traveling and recording this podcast. And thanks as always to my good friend Madhu for the soundtrack to this podcast. You can also find his Instagram info on the show notes. 
And also thanks to Zapflat for the sound effects. And that's it. Thanks again, and I hope you catch the next one.